0: Three, two. Hi, guys, and welcome to a very special episode of KC Caffeine. It is the KC Caffeine and Sex and Shade crossover event. I am—it's just me today, but I do have uh, some lovely guests with me. Uh, Blue is not here, uh, and Mike is also not here. We will wish them well in all their endeavors for the day. But I do have some fresh faces. For those, for all of you, for those who have listened to the episode of Section Shade that is out, I promise you we've got more coming. uh, But I have the one, the only, the beautiful, talented Mistress Elliot. Hi. Uh, Also, uh, as part of our studio audience, we've got the also lovely, wonderful, and talented Hagen, and equally lovely, wonderful, talented. And super smart. Not that Hagen isn't smart, See? but Anders. Hi.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not this brother. I just pull up some. Um, I wanted to have you guys on this episode because I wanted to talk about something that uh, is really important. I think, especially for those of us who are uh, minorities or people of color or in alternative lifestyles, whatever you may be, may say, uh, it is the idea of a safe space. And to me, what a safe space is is a place where I can go where I don't have to code switch. It's a place where I can go, where I can be my most authentic self Mm -hmm. and also know that there are people there who have had similar struggles similar life experiences that I do, and we can discuss those things. Um, I think in recent months, we have uh, had an issue where you guys had a safe space mm-hmm. uh, and that safe space was violated. So I wanted to uh, have you on to talk about a what that space meant to you and how you felt about that violation. And we can go as deep into it as you want to, um, or we can keep it as light as possible. I know that there are some uh, people who may be triggered by some of the conversations that we may have. So I'm gonna add a trigger warning that uh, we are talking about some pretty heavy stuff this time. Mm -hmm. So uh,
1: let's start. I should just probably come with the trigger warning like be a little placard that says before you engage in conversation, this could go terribly wrong for you. <laughs> this could be difficult. That's what it should say. Um, yeah. if you mean, do you want to talk about safe spaces in general? Well, let's, we first, can do gym, or, Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much your guests want to know about the BDSM part of it. Well, I think we, we've
0: touched on the BDSM in the cake part. For sure, on Uh, on Sex and Shade. On Sex and Shade, but we've also done it on uh, KC Caffeine when we talked about ethical non-monogamy, and we talked about what BDSM was. Uh, We haven't done the deep dive yet, uh, but I think, you know, now is the better, what better time than now to go into it, especially when we're talking about that, because it happens, it should be happening in safe spaces even if you know that safe space is your home, or you know, but when in this aspect, it was a a place that was designed for that. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, anytime you're putting people in bondage or control or doing anything sadistic and or receiving in a masochistic way, you're going to need a safe space for that. That's not a thing normal people understand. Just. We don't grow up understanding that people like to do these things and that it's okay. Right. There's only bad people do those things. That is
0: a thing that we um, that we learn, you know, and you have to unlearn those, especially when you look at like media and you know, movies and things. You, When you think of other than the Fifty Shades of Grey, which we can at some point go into all the ways that that's wrong. But... I have
1: never seen it and <laughs> I've never read them. I saw enough of a clip to go, oh dear God! No, and now people will be coming to us thinking this is what it is.
0: (laughs) No, it is. It's very much not that, and and I think for me, what a safe space, like I said, what a safe space is, is is all of those things, but that I mentioned earlier. But I also think that there is a level of camaraderie. In a safe space because we all have skin in the game to want to protect that space, or at least we all should have skin in the game to want to protect that space.
1: And to protect each
0: other. Yeah.
1: Well, that's where it starts, and that's where this is not just about BDSM in the sense that it was our dungeon, which is the play space, was was outed. It it's that that comes from way way back from you. Know, you gay community used to be where you gathered was a secret and what you gathered to do was also a big secret. So we all come from that same place. It's just now we're in a society now where we there's enough of us have found each other and it's okay enough that we can divide into these separate locations and these these separate things. Right. Because I think part
0: of, you know, when when we look at BDSM and I, I feel like BDSM comes from leather, which comes from the gay lifestyle. Oh yeah, it, it
1: belongs. To them.
0: They they all all of those things are kind of intertwined into each other, and so that's why I thought it was important, you know, that we do this on both platforms, because while you know a lot of my listeners and on the case of caffeine, you know, are marginalized in some way, be it black you know, LGBT, you know, people of color of all stripes, there's a common thread that I think comes in through the, the kink and BDSM community that even though you may not be a part of it, it is as important to protect that as well. You know, because we don't, you know, they have become, you know, the kink community has become the marginalized of the marginalized. And although there are more people out who are like, oh yeah, I'm kinky, I like to pee. you know, this, 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 is and that, because I've, you know, watched Fifty Shades of Grey or saw you or whatever, you know, media was on TV that resonated with you doesn't necessarily mean that you understand A, the history behind it, B, why it's important, and C, why the spaces that these things happen in need to be protected. Well,
1: it's something I often say is that- a lot of people are okay with kinky until it moves in next door. The same thing with poly. People are okay with other people being poly until a poly person sits down next to your girlfriend at the bar. All of a sudden, polyamory is very threatening because this is a this person, though they may be partnered, this new person who just sat down they have the option of having other partners, which makes them instantly unsafe to the current relationship between, say, the two people. Which doesn't make
0: sense. Which, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me, but I also am looking at that from the LGBT perspective, where, like, if I sit next day, down next to somebody that's straight, I personally have not done anything to threaten your sexuality. Mm-hmm. If you were straight when I sat down, you'll be straight when I'll get up and leave if you were straight, if you were, you know, in a monogamous relationship, when someone who is poly sat down, you will still be in that same monogamous relationship when they get up and leave because I mind my business.
1: (laughs) There is a sense that people seem to have that poly is contagious. So if if you and your partner are exposed to people who do it differently, say non-monogamous, there's this sense in the monogamous people that somehow they could catch Polly and that's threatening because they've worked so hard to stay together as partners you know you're not gonna let somebody else fuck that up I mean imagine a straight couple man and woman sitting say at the bar and another man comes in who and sits down on the other side of her and is just like hey you know I have many relationships I have lots of options I'm available the husband or boyfriend is not going to be happy about that. Be like, well, dude, that's really cool. I'm glad you're talking to my woman. Well, so I'm like, thank you for sharing that.
0: I would also counter that with, you know, so if someone sat down next to me and my partner, and it was a, you know, I'm in a homosexual relationship. <gasps> Shocking, guys. Uh, if someone, if a woman sat down next to me and my partner and it was like, I'm bisexual. And I have options, or I'm interested in, I would be like, that's cool. Because it doesn't change the nature of what my relationship but is.
1: You've already broken the normal barrier.
2: There's that. And you probably have a greater sense of security in your in your relationship than a lot of people do.
0: There's also that.
2: Like
1: people are terrified of being alone. They find one partner, they hold on to them. everybody knows a everybody knows partnered relationships that are a disaster and all of us watch from the side going oh my god why do they stay together we all know those people It's the fear of being alone i can,
0: i i can see that i get that
1: you know but it's
0: it's also that like if i was monogamous or if i didn't feel poly in me before you sat down Yes, if we have a conversation and things that you say resonate and make sense, then that's a discussion that that we can have, but if you don't, that's not in you or that's not a part of who you are, it doesn't change anything. Like I tell people you me being gay, gay is not something that you can catch. You know what I mean? If you're worried about my, my gay ass in your relationship, someone in that relationship is gay. Like yeah, <laughs> someone Someone in that relationship well, is worried so about the relationship.
1: What's so a polyamorous thing. person? You know, it's like somebody you've been following the rules your whole life. They are the only rules, and then somebody shows up and is like, yeah, no, we don't follow those rules. They've just changed the whole game because for many, many people, there is not an there aren't other rules. There is this option. That's it.
3: And, and the reaction I think that you were talking about earlier from from the boyfriend is a concern not so much that it's changing his views on polyamory, it's a fear that it's changing hers. Excellent point.
1: That's what
2: it's about.
3: And I can guarantee you
2: they're going to have an interesting conversation on the drive home
3: from the bar. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and... (laughs) Here's... Because the problem is, poly can be catching.
0: Poly can, yeah. I do think that poly can be catching if you... If it is a... If the situation is the right set of circumstances. A, it would have to be someone that is poly and also, like, not crazy. Oh,
1: well, then we're done here.
0: You know, well. (laughs) should just end. And cut. (laughs) I think that it's, it's, there has to be something desirable in that. And I think either you have that or you don't.
1: Hagen and I are excellent examples of that. I mean, you would think too, if you're kinky, you'll always know it. That's not true. It 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 takes having an opportunity, a door opened, t- to peek through and go, oh my God, this is speaking to me. This is resonating. What the what the fuck? I knew my whole life who I was, and I knew that maybe in given different situations than the one I was in. I might be kind of kinky. I didn't realize that the things that I were interested in but just weren't my husband's gig, so they were just put away in my head. It didn't occur to me that there was a place to go and explore these and find these Mm -hmm. elsewhere. They were just things, and I I was just a normal, not never normal, but average married person. Right. And then I wasn't always... I didn't always behave myself. I knew monogamy was an issue, <laughs> but it didn't, the polyamorous world was a different thing. I don't know how to explain it. It just wasn't, a, just just because I felt, I knew I wasn't good at just being a one, one person person it never occurred to me that I should explore a polyamorous community, culture, or society. Plus, it depends on your partner. My partner wasn't going anywhere in that department. Right. But you just don't think that until, well, then I got divorced. And that just, then I found my way there, and I found out I'm ton times more kinky than I ever thought I was, because you just don't let your mind go there. You don't know it's an option for you. Okay, You know, it's an option for somebody, but you don't realize you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah,
0: And I think there's a level of um, there's a level of fear, even when you are someone who is, you know, in a in a monogamous relationship to even broach that subject, Mm -hmm. because what could it possibly do to the current relationship that you have? I am not opening that door. Right. Well, well, If, (laughs) if I let my mind go there, I'm
3: scared of fucking up what I've already got.
2: My right. whole
1: life my, will explode. My whole,
2: yes. Well, and then there are two fears there. One is, um, what if my partner gets mad at me or angry that I was even thinking about this?
0: Or the other, dear God, what if they actually want to do this? Right. What if they find someone better than me?
1: Yeah. And
0: ultimately. Yeah. And
1: of being alone. And it's, it's,
0: a, it's a thing, I think, that is that drives a lot of the unhealthy poly aspects, because for me, it's all about communication. If you're not willing to communicate with your partner about your wants and your needs. And I think a lot of monogamous uh, couples have this same issue where they don't communicate what their actual wants and their needs are. And so then there's this expectation that you just know.
1: Oh, it's Not just that, Jimmy, most people, we live in a rarefied universe that so we even have these conversations. So we don't even know what most of America really looks like. The people themselves don't know what they want. They can't express a need or a want because they don't even have that they have not had either the time, the energy or the privilege to learn how to stop and think about that. Well, and that's how I
0: how I got into the community. Was I mom? Both moms, stop listening right now. Just don't listen anymore. It's <laughs> um, easier. To, you know, I don't want to explain. It's a mom trigger warning. <laughs> um, you know, there was. I was going through some things that I didn't necessarily understand, and. Me and my partner had a conversation, and I said, I want to be open. And he was like, okay. And immediately, I had two thoughts. The, oh, my God, what if this doesn't work? And, oh, my God, what if he's finds someone better than me? And yeah, what does
1: it mean if he's just okay with me having somebody else? Right. He must not love me very much. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. that's the story we've been taught since we were born.
0: And I, I, was, I was like, and it took me, I think, a year to go to my first event um, from the time that we had that conversation because a lot of it was, I don't know, here I am this you know 37 at the time year old man who doesn't know what he wants. I have no idea where to find these things. I've never been the person who's into like the random hookup. So going to those places where random hookups happen was never going to be a thing that I was going to be to do by myself. And he definitely ain't going, you know? And so it's like, I, that's not my, that's not my bag. Um, I started going to uh, parties with my furry friends. So they just had parties and I would go hang out with them. And that's how I got introduced to uh, Bucket. And Bucket introduced me to the rest of the community. And so it was a a long process. And the whole time I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I want. And still to this day, there are still questions about what am I interested in, you know? And for me, the journey is looking and seeing and finding these things and getting to know people who know more than I do, who can impart their bits of wisdom and having... A space, you know, having a space like the dog gave me that sense of this is a place where I can, where the the people that I, there are people here that I care about that can teach me the things on how to not be shitty at, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a masterclass on just how to be a good person. Yeah,
1: that's the thing, the thing. How not to be shitty at kink ultimately boils down to how not to be a shitty human being in the world. Yeah. For us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and and the way I it's it's helped me be more mature. It's helped me be more uh, in touch with my feelings and being open with how I feel. Um, I've had way more conversations about things I never thought I would have conversations about. Cause I remember the first couple of months that we were, we were getting together. It was right around the time of all of the the riots, right the George Floyd riots. Mm-hmm. And so it was, we talked about barely any kink stuff, mm-hmm. but it was, I felt like it built this foundation of these people see me, and actually see me as a human, and not just the, you know, Black guy that comes in every once in a while and says, hey, or anything like that.
1: Absolutely.
0: And we, I learned so much about who I am, and who, what the community should be about. And so for me, that space has become sacred to me. And to find out that there was, you know, it's been outed, and Like there was, I can only imagine how you guys felt because I was angry and ready to get the pitchforks and, you know, burn some bitches to the ground because you trampled on my sacred space. Mm -hmm. And so for you as, you know, the, the, the owners, what was that feeling like? How did you, you know, how did you, how did you process that? Cause you've. You guys have managed to do it with a level of grace that I don't think that I can have. <laughs>
1: like, it comes from a lifetime of disappointment. You start to learn. You survive certain things, then the next thing that comes, you just you have learned how to accept really shitty stuff and continue to thrive through it. Yeah. Should, yeah. Did I want to do really horrible things that the law says you can't? Yeah. Did we? No. Do you want to tell them like so? We had to. Do you want to tell them? I don't know how many your listeners know about us in general. No, there's there. Start from scratch. Start from scratch. Right, so we we own a small BDSM event venue, which. In BDSM, we call them dungeons, but I assure you they're very not dungeon-like. There are rarely a, there's rarely shackles hanging from the wall, and it's not in a cold cellar, and there aren't bars on the walls and windows, although I there mean, can be, should you like that. It's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if there are bars hanging on the
0: windows, it's not for the outside. It's not for the inside.
1: <laughs> no kidding. And that space is... Located in a former church that is in a neighborhood in the city. And we have no private parking lot or anything. So if you come to our place for a party, you park on the street. Which means the neighborhood knows that there's definitely a large group of people in that building over there. Which is when it's not the home and it's the venue it's i don't know if we want to name it because i don't want to give extra i mean you call it the dog which yes, is called common, dog, yeah. which is the dog uh, but we we've always been very good stewards of the neighborhood you know we don't our guests tend to be a little bit more conscientious in general about parking and you know we don't leave litter in the yards and they definitely don't leave at two in the morning yelling and hollering and like it's not like living next door to a bar
0: right
2: There aren't people walking through the neighborhood in lingerie and um yeah not naked right. you know from their cars to come in so or they're covered until
0: they get in the door i was like mm. or make a quick
1: dash to the door yeah if you're trying was, to do that
0: there've been a quick dash there've been a couple quick dashes to the door <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean people don't necessarily look slutty, but
1: there's nothing usually illegal leaving the house you know you're we always say, wear whatever you want. Just cover it until you're inside the doors. Because if we're going to talk about um, consent, the people next door did not consent to seeing your bare ass right. any more than anybody else did. You know, it's not, I think we have a certain level of responsibility not to expose people to kinky shit that they didn't ask for. They they don't want to see it.
0: Listen, they didn't. Your ass just happened to be here, and I just was. All I wanted to do was get my milk. That's all I wanted to do.
1: (laughs) Well, do I want to explain to my three-year-old? You know, I don't. Right. Maybe I don't. I would have, but it's different. Not everybody is in on this. (laughs) So the space has been operating for five. Almost six years without any incidents. But to get into one place, you have to be vetted, uh, which just means you have to go through a series of either conversations or you must know people that we know so we can check and just check your reputation. You just Strangers cannot just walk in because it is not safe.
0: Right. And it's not like and that's another way that it's not like a bar because you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to go to this place because this new bar that I checked out without knowing who anyone is. It's, there, is a, there are levels of security that
1: are in place. We are ultimately BDSM comes from a radical sexuality. That's what the ultimate basis is. And radical sexuality scares the fucking shit out of people. And it had to be underground And as much as it's popular in the media and people can find it on the internet, we're still not safe. Right. It's still threatening. Current culture, oh my God, it's gotten far more threatening. Go. So we are not, we're not safe. And we've never really been safe. Just because the media says it's it's sexy and it's cute. Everybody knows what a dominatrix is, right? Right. Everybody. And that's really cool for a TV show or whatever they use it for. But it's when it gets next door. You know, it's when your husband wants to go to a dominatrix. It's not cute or cool anymore. Right. Now it's threatening. And what kind of a sick-ass human being would do something like that? We do bad things to people we do not, um, who we do not understand. As a society, right? Right. Anybody different, and just getting yourself into the BDSM club door means you've wrestled a lot yourself with something being wrong with you. Except for the youngest people, the very new youngest generation. I don't know if they've had to do that. Is there something wrong with me? Struggle. I think
0: it's part of it is. They've, they've, they don't have to do that struggle because they've got been exposed to it. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh, this is a thing. I'm interested in this. I want to see what it is. I think a lot of them go into it. Not I can necessarily, do whatever
1: thing I want.
0: Not necessarily knowing what it means. The
1: depth. I don't think. Well, well, and even,
2: I mean, just coming out as gay for a Gen Zer. Some of them, I'm sure, still have traumatic stories in a difficult time, but there are so many that it's just the parents are so accepting and everything's great and I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, more of a Gen X or um, boomers as well, just that experience Is, in general.
0: I, and I think that it's, it's and I, we've had this conversation on the show before, that there's something that's come missing from that, while from those traumatic experiences and having to, you know, make your way because you didn't have, you know, the family support, you found it in other places. Mm-hmm. And I liken kind of BD, the, the the dungeon now to like the gay bars, you know, of old, because it was, you know, there's this place where you found a family
1: Absolutely.
0: that can, that you connected with because people didn't understand, you know, who you were, or, you know, you have the same kinks that I do, or you have completely different kinks Mm -hmm. than I do, but they're kinks. And so let's, you know, band together and make sure that we protect each other. And I think where the situation with the dog is, is that for me, in order for someone to have been able to do what they did, They would have had to know, have information and know what was going on.
1: Right. So once you get vetted, you can then come to a party or an event in our space. Right. Uh, We don't know everybody who's vetted personally and vouch for them as great human beings. We know that they're capable of conducting themselves in a manner that seems um, preferable in a kink community. That's about it. We know they know people, other people have known them. They haven't called the cops on those people, so you assume you know you have to make the leap. It's a risk, to own a venue. Right. That these people will also behave properly in, in your home, which is a dungeon becomes a home for the people who go there because so much of what happens is deep and authentic and scary and all the highs and lows of, of experience happen there. So it's more than what happens in a bar. If what happens in
0: a dungeon happens in a bar. You're in the wrong bar. <laughs> the
1: right bar, or the right bar. Yeah, you know? it's it, it depends. So, so, so yeah. People, you can't know when someone's going to lose their mind. We've been in all in relationships with somebody we thought was great to be in a relationship, and then they turn out to be batshit crazy. So you know, definitely we can't know. Right. We've all with BDSM community at least has always police policed itself. We have to right. like any underground society has to police itself, and because part of where the traditions come from, and just I think out of necessity, you, we there's a certain code of behavior. I think that code has also gotten lost with the newest generation. Yes, they don't have any because they didn't have to earn their way in. There is no sense that they could earn their way out. Right. With their behavior,
0: there's no sense of accountability.
1: Yes. And that the, you can't tell me what to do. Well, actually, there's an order of things and there is a way you do here. And that's part of what people love about it. Right. So.
0: It it may seem like, and this is one of the things that I learned in that it may seem like chaos and there'll be things that I don't understand about protocols and this and this and that. But as i've been around it more i understand the meaning behind it like i was talking to someone the other day and they they had mentioned they you know that subs have a tendency to put you know all of you know, the responsibility and the blame on their doms and i was like for me as a sub my your job my, i don't want you to take my responsibility your job is to make me a better person you know, your job is to mold, help mold me into the best person that I am. But your but my responsibility or my failures in life have nothing to do with you. And I think what tends to happen is, especially if you're looking at a DOM sub relationship with the newer generation, is that this idea of I have a Dom, so they're doing everything for me they make my decisions for me they do this because i now i don't have the have the responsibility of making those dis- respons- those
1: decisions myself i wish you were at the at the party last night late because we got into a really long deep discussion on the differences between say how i run my household with slaves and submissives versus how bloodline does specifically we we're talking to a bloodline member and his his girl yeah and and somebody who would actually rush this group or whatever they call it gotta forget Prospect. prospected Prospect. with them and then decided against joining them so we have all these different perspectives one from inside that that specific way of doing things one who got close to it and decided it wasn't their way of doing things, and my perspective, which is really very much almost the opposite of the way that they do things. So fantastic conversation on what is submission, who has to do it, whose responsibilities, The t- you know. The, the original question was, does a dominant have to have more patience than a submissive? Yeah. And of course, everybody said their own personal role is the one that requires the most patience. <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, it's true. And I think that it's it's. I think the biggest thing is there's no real way, there's no one way to do. That's that. what makes it the most difficult thing in the world to do.
0: And, but I think from from the perspective of the conversation that I was having, this person was saying how they would not they weren't going to be able to find a sub because all the subs that they've ever been interested in has been this you know, I want you to take responsibility for me so I am blameless in any of my actions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that doesn't make sense to me because I'm still, regardless of what dynamic I'm in, I'm still a full grown ass human adult who is responsible for the choices
1: that I make. Well That's the difference between us and actual human trafficking. You are, a, <laughs> you are an autonomous adult being. Right. Participating in this entirely of your own decision. Right. And that can't be then. You can't give up. Well, I guess you could. But I would be afraid of who would lead you if you were someone who was willing to give up all control of your body and soul and everything. Like
0: Yeah, and and to me, I'm like, I'm responsible for...
1: The human who might pick you up for that. Would be... Not a good one. And I say all
0: the time, woe be gone to the person who decides to take me on as a, as a sub because who it's going to take a lot, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, but at the end of the day, you know, I still know I'm responsible for all of the choices that I make in life. And if I do something that causes harm to someone or harm to myself, or, you know, an issue, be it whatever, I'm responsible for that choice, even if Adam said, "Hey, go do this thing," because I'm ultimately I'm the one who said, "Okay." <laughs> they do what I ask
1: because they want to, mm-hmm. right? But Absolutely. even if they don't want to, but they want to, can you explain that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think for me, chime in, it's. If you ask me to do something that I, it's the task I don't want to do, right? Um, But larger than the task is wanting to make sure that she is served and taken care of. And if that's something that she's asked of me to do, yeah, the task may not be so good, but the outcome for me is she's pleased.
1: Okay. Which makes you feel
3: which makes me feel gratified, important, um, all the things.
2: Yeah. At the end of the day, it sort of all comes down to love and respect. Nobody wants to clean the bathroom, but I love her, so I want her to have a clean bathroom. Right. So,
0: therefore, I need somebody uh, to come in and clean this bathroom. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: subs come with all these other extra responsibilities. Don't have, too. I, don't, I don't want to do all that. You have to feed and care for them. It's a big,
3: it's a tough one. And one, one other point on that, though, too, is I, tr- I, I trust you. I know you love me. And I love you. And I know that you will not ask me to do something that puts me at risk of significant emotional or physical harm.
1: Which is by far not always true of other dynamics we know.
0: Which I think is, that is the that is the important part to me, is that, not the, not true of other dynamics, but the, the trust that you, that you're not going to put him in any unnecessary hurt, harm, or danger, that isn't, you know.
1: Which is what, I made mean, last night's conversation, interesting. Because in their their leather family, the the new subs are often sort of hazed. See, and that that's it's. And I was saying, yeah, if somebody were treating them like shit, my boys, it, we'd be done here. Right, we wouldn't be hanging around.
0: Yeah, that doesn't seem like a. It's the the whole purpose of hazing someone is to break them. That is there. And if you are if someone is willingly entering into a situation with you or with with a with a dom or with a with a what's the words not a submissive, a right. yeah. uh, no the the opposite of submissive dominant. a dominant if someone I don't know why I couldn't find that word in my head.
1: It happens to me every
0: day. Um if Someone is willingly going into a a dynamic with a dominant. Then to, in my personal, ex, you know, belief that is between that submissive and that dominant. But that
1: is very very much based on where you have learned. If you were only, um, if you'd gotten into this leather family circle only, everything you knew about how to do power exchange would have come from them and it would look very different to you. You're, it is very much at, at whose sort of metaphorical knee you study at. Very much. So that's why we all have these conflicting ideas of what it is, and then we're horrified by each other's.
2: <laughs> and, I, and I think even there, while we might disagree with
1: it, there is
2: there is something of a longer view to a purpose to it. Um, at least that's the initial idea of whether that's being followed through the way it should be, but the hazing breaking someone down is to get them to a place that will benefit them in the long run. Which I, the sub, the sub, the sub. Right. whether that's true or not, and whether they're really following through with that, I'd argue on, but, but that's, that's kind of the
1: idea. I also don't think that they, everybody does not subscribe to the, uh, the idea that we're actually equal in power. Right. I don't think that would go over well right. in that family you know well, you no know, the dominants are the power you have none you have your none sons. which mm-hmm. i
0: don't i don't necessarily which is why i'm glad that there isn't anyone in that particular family that i'm like yeah i'd like to be your sub cuz i know that they have that that is kind of a thing and what i love everyone that i've met in that family like they're all really good people i don't think that that would work for me because um I'm this also the a will be gone to the person who decides to take me on as a, as yeah. a dom, but also my relationship with you, you know, Ellie is different than my relationship with Hagen and my relationship with Andrews. They're completely different, and I'm not going to treat them as if they're the same. And so, if somebody that I'm in a, you know, if that I'm in a dynamic with, asks me to do something, it carries a completely different weight than someone who just happens to be in that same family. Because if someone, that person in that same family, can go fuck themselves, That's- and that would be a problem, you know what I mean? Like that would be a problem with them. It would be like, oh well, you know, you to so this person told you to do that. Well, this person is not doing either of the Fs for me.
1: So, well, and that's one thing that some people don't like about our dynamic. These are these are, these are my submissives are two men. They're not children, right? They get to make up their own decisions about who they respect enough to call by an honorific like sir. Um, there's no automatic requirement. And there's some circles where that's really frowned upon. I imagine some people from that leather family think that my 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 submissives just run amok. And what they don't understand is that ultimately, I promise you, these two would do anything I told them to do, far more than a lot of those dominants and their submissives.
0: One of the things that I've noticed about... Y- the depth your of loyalty, dynamic, I think, yeah. yeah. I think your dynamic and other dynamics that I've seen is, I have seen the subs make the craziest, like the the yes, yes sir, and then turn around and roll eyes and be like, oh, you know, and I've never seen that. And I think there is a, that is a, that's a respect thing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, That is, you are, you know, they, although they are your subs, they recognize that they're, they have autonomy in themselves.
1: They are equals as human beings. Yes. And they deserve to be treated as such. And, you know, it's,
0: and I get the, you know, and it tends to be, I'm just going to, I have not seen very many or any, you know, non, where the female is either the Dom except for you, um, or it being a, you know, same-sex relationship uh, with a sub. So I don't know if it's different, you know, when you get into those things, but I does definitely tend to see that, you know, when it's the male who is a the Dom and females who are subs, It can trigger me in different in in really weird and awkward ways because I'm like Oh no the hell you didn't like Well it's
1: often viewed as a way to treat someone like shit.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. You know and and you just like and they just have to take it.
1: Because then that means somewhere in them they're still viewing submission as a humiliating position. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. still a lesser person. Right. There's something you deserve this. Well, and sometimes I think in
2: the male-dom sphere, it's it's a license for misogyny. Oh, of course. Yeah, misogyny and abuse. I mean, just yeah. oh mean, Not that not every
0: dynamic is that. But... No, and I, and I think that there's you know if if that is what you signed up for, right? You know what I mean? Then for all by all means, have that, have fun. I'm not going to judge your you know, judge your choice on that. For me, though, like, I have noticed a lot of times where there have been situations or things that have happened that have made me go, ooh. And I had to learn how to get used to that and get used to seeing it so that it didn't immediately cause me to go, what
1: the f- you gotta keep reminding yourself that these women signed up. for They it.
0: signed up for this. Is this is they enjoy this, and you know if you don't enjoy it, then you you know that you you should know that you have the power to get out. We should,
1: but you also know that you know the first time someone beats you up against your will, you're a victim. The second time, you're an accomplice. You. You, you you agree to stay. There may be risks. You know, there's reasons we choose that's to stay. Right. But all of us on the outside would be like, well, why don't you just get the fuck out of there? You know? And we we, we can think, we can look at a lot of these, these subs and slaves and say, well, why would you let them treat you like that? They have an element of responsibility. They're there. They, they are not actually being held against their will. They keep coming back for it. We can't save them. Right. They're grownups. Right. And
0: that's what I, that's one of the things that I had to learn. Because I'm like, I, I remember there was a thing something at something at another venue. And I literally went, are you okay? Because it, it was the first time I had ever seen someone be submissive to a point where it made me go, that doesn't feel right. You know, and I was like, are you okay? And they're like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm like. Are you sure? Because that don't sound fine to me. But it was part of that learning process of, OK, so this this is completely different than what I'm used to seeing. And then, you know, as I got to know that person, I realized, OK, that's that's just who they are with them. They're completely different on their own. All right. You know, got it. Cool. You know, and needless to say, you know, that relationship did what it did, but...
1: <laughs> I guess it didn't go well, from the sounds of it.
0: Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's...
1: Well, that's what you I think you'll see. This is, female-led relationships tend to look, at least from the outside, a little more mature.
0: Yes. It does. It, it, I... I can see that. It looks more like you're going to do what I tell you to do, but I don't have to yell at you to have you do what I tell you to do. I don't have to demean you to have you do what I tell you to do. You just know that this is, that's what this is.
1: Well, I've made myself someone worth celebrating. Yeah, I think, you know, if I, I, I wish there was a way to just reach average people. Women who don't know anything about this, but are, would be open to hearing, if you really knew what it, the power exchange is like, um, it's it's far less about having to do anything dominatrixy to people. It's far less about whipping men into shape or beating mm-hmm. them up because they suck. It's it's so much more. The service side is what nobody knows about. DS. Well,
0: and I think that's
1: i sold it to women, you know, because I've worked as a pro-dom. I've had clients who I was like, have you ever told your wife about this? You know, because most guys come on the DL. Right. And almost always the answer is no. Or I kind of hinted a couple times that she really didn't seem like, no, it did not really. She didn't really seem to to dig it. Okay. Like, well, sometimes I run into a a client who will say, well, I mean, she just kind of laughed. I'm like, okay, so well she just kind of laughed. I don't want to lose clients, but I do it all the time by encouraging them to go home and be real people. Try. <laughs> so a couple of people have said, well, have you just tried saying? I think I like some version of this. But have you tried selling it from the service side? I want to serve you, ma'am. Not most guy subs come in with, I want you to do this to me. I want you to, yeah, I want you to, you know, get a strap on, you know. I want you to make me your bitch. Well, a a woman just here is great. I got more work to do. (laughs) I already know you're a little bitch. I do not need any more, you know, confirmation of that. The last thing I want to do is see you in a sissy dress. Now, I might be willing to look at you in a pink dress if your ass is cleaning. So I've had a few clients over the years bring their wives in if they got to the point where they were opening up, the wife was opening up to hear, and boy, they sucked it right up as soon as they met me because I'm like, here's really what's about. It's about having your breakfast coffee on your bedside table every morning at the time that you want it. Oh, their ears perk up, and then it's you know, then you decide what it's about. about. Because there are people who just love service. Right. We don't talk about that much in any other place in our lives and society. But, well, except in this big thing you might have heard called the military.
0: (laughs) Which is all about service.
1: Well, we try to explain it when we give talks and stuff, especially when we're talking with a female-led relationship. There's an idea of what a a male submissive must be. Like, you've got to be a total pussy. Well, we don't assume that of soldiers. Right. Nobody says, "Well, that captain is a pussy" because he did what the general told him to do. It's just a good soldier. Yeah. And that is a big deal.
0: And I think that it's what
1: what I notice
0: being, you
1: know, there and seeing you
0: guys, which we've gotten off topic, but it's fine. Why this is a good time. Why you this
1: out and put it over here if you want?
0: No, it's a, this is a great, it's great. Cause I think this is giving context to the space and why the space was so important um, or is so important. But it's one of the things that I know in the times that I've been there and, and kind of watched the way that you two uh, operate uh, when it comes to, you know, dealing with, with, uh, with Elliot is that it's very much a, I'm happy to do these things for you. Um, and by and large, I'm happy to serve the people that you have brought in to the space as well. So do you need coffee? Do you want this? Do you want to do this? Because not because you feel like you have to, but because it makes Elliot happy to see you guys do that. And, and yeah, with when it comes to the guests, absolutely and 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 it's and it's our it's
1: also it, about good manners yeah. we're just being we're, we're, act, we're old school hosts we're That's it.
3: so we're we're just it's just etiquette that when a guest comes into your place you offer them a drink you take the coat you welcome them to the space um handshake hug it,
1: it's an it's, acknowledgement yes
3: it's, yep.
1: it's they're, they're coming into your space and Which is the advantage of, you know, what many of your listeners won't know, there's this difference between very large public dungeons where people just come and go through the the door, they pay for their ticket, and they're in, and then they have no real interactions with the ownership or anything. We're a very small place. Um, Everybody really kind of, well, before COVID, you would see strangers, but they wouldn't be strangers for very long. Right. Or there are people who see each other every time, but they never actually interacted because they just... They don't, but it's not for any bad reason. They're just not on each other's wavelength. Right. But it's much more of a family. It's a smaller, it's a smaller club. So, so people understand that. So we can treat it more like welcome to my home. Right. Versus, you know, if you go to Walmart, nobody's like, hey, welcome to my home.
0: (laughs) Some of the old lady in the front.
1: Walmart. (laughs) No one's that personally invested in their job at Walmart. We're not really a store. I mean, that's
0: that's an apt metaphor. Um, so let's kind of get into the what happened.
1: Um, yeah, we're trying to come back around. We're talking about the venue again, at least. Yeah. So, uh, with
0: as like I said, as much detail or as little as you want. Obviously, an outing happened.
1: Um, and in that, what does that mean? You know, in the sense of uh, what? How is a dungeon outed? Well, in our case, it means. Uh, Our neighbors did not, and for the large part, still do not know what goes on inside. Right. Everybody after five or six years knows something. They throw parties at that house. Mm -hmm. We don't exactly know what they're doing in there. But everybody had a fair idea that it might be a little kinky. Or something, right? None of us something. know but for sure yeah. what other people thought. But there was an element of just, hey, the attitude we seemed to get from the neighbors was, you guys don't bother anybody, so Have it's it. fine with us. We've operated like that for, like I said, many years. Uh, the only complaint we've ever had was they think that the streets are too narrow and cars parking on both sides of the street are an issue. It turns out it is not. But it's something we've heard in the suburbs where we live from the old people around us. Well, I can't get cars can't get too close to and a fire truck. Actually it takes ten feet. And now I know that I've measured mm-hmm. it out on our neighborhood to make sure that there is far more than ten feet between two
0: cars. Awesome. Well awesome. you if you didn't have that daggone Lake Oldsmobile two fifty deuce of the quarter, we wouldn't have to worry about this. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> People who stay home a lot, I guess, have a lot of time to worry about what's happening right outside of their
2: house. Yes. Well, if you you have a house where uh, every day you come home home from work and you park right in front of your house on the street, that spot on the street legally is not yours. But it's it's yours.
1: So, yeah, you take a very small working class neighborhood Mm -hmm. where people come home every day after work. They always park their car right here because there is not competition for spaces in front of their own house when suddenly there's a day where a bunch of strangers have parked in your fucking spot. That's that's the only time right. we've had any trouble. And that's trouble. been pretty rare that yeah. that's been an issue. They that's also, this working class neighborhoods tend to go to bed earlier than we get started. Right. So a lot of folks, I never, ever interact with the party side of us because they're in bed. Right by the time people start parking in front of their houses, they're already home, they're watching TV, whatever. They're like, okay, so why did some, I guess they're
0: doing their thing over there, it's no big deal.
1: I'm not going to get into the reasons why somebody would want to uh, out the dungeon. Right. Because that's very complicated in itself. But sometimes, in any group, people are jealous of other people. And whenever you have an exclusivity, you know, dungeons by nature are exclusive. You can't just walk in. And we're in a time right now where that's really uncool. Everyone is supposed to be able to do anything with everyone, wherever, whenever they want to. It's not really how life works, but it's what we're kind of in a wave of, you know, we're confusing what's fairness and access i think are right two different things equality and yeah. equity that's exactly right thank you i just actually listen to podcast. so one day this winter we were just hanging around at home or whatever and i got a message from someone on facebook that says hey you need to call me and it's someone i don't ever talk to on the telephone and then she sent me a screenshot of a letter a typed letter that said, it was basically from a neighbor a, concerned neighbor, a concerned neighbor. This letter had been put in every mailbox in our neighborhood or on their doors. You know, the details are not that important. The letter had been distributed to everyone in our fucking neighborhood saying that um, the woman who's there, her name is Mistress Elliott, but here's the name of the club. It's an underground sex dungeon. Um, they host you can tell me better orgies
3: orgies they, they're in there beating each other, bloody um, children.
2: Uh, yeah, they children. Were
1: harb- the big ones are that we're harboring minors and sex, and sex offenders like this is this is the places and, place and prostitutes prostitute. yes, and I'm a prostitute. Okay, so with both men and women is what the letter I thought which, was amusing. That's amusing.
0: Uh, but I will say i have been to the—I've been to the dog quite a few times in the last year or so. I would fair to say more. You know, with there being 52 weeks in a year, I've probably been there about 40 times, and not once. In the entire top 40 times that I've been there, have I seen an orgy? <laughs> As a matter of fact, we make the joke about how there's a lack of sex in it's the sex credit- dungeon. Um,
1: Anybody who goes to their first kink event is incredibly disappointed at how little fucking is actually going on. Yeah, it,
0: is, there is a, it is, there's a lot of talking. Uh, there's a lot of um, Talking about fucking. There's a lot of talking about talking about fucking.
3: There's a lot of fucking talking.
0: There's a lot of fucking talking.
1: You know what?
0: There's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of laughter. Yeah. But uh, not, not there's it is very rare that I see it's not about Orgies breaking out. Yeah. No.
1: But it is about radical sexuality, which is a whole other conversation we could have. How BDSM is getting farther and farther away from from radical sexuality. Rights.
0: Which that will be an episode of K- of uh, Sex and Shade coming soon.
3: Um, and on top of all that other stuff that was in the letter was our
0: address. That is very important. And yes, point. and that is actually the
1: outing part, and that is the the removal of the safe space. Yeah, they told everybody this house is doing these things with this woman. Now it had my scene name, which you can find me all over the place. Right. By my scene name, so though it wasn't my given name, it was quite it was, enough. it was an outing enough to say here's here's what's all happening in your neighborhood in this house the biggest problem with this is one you, you never know how your neighbor's going to react nobody wants this like i said they can even be cool with kink until it moves in next door you know, we had somebody who was totally cool with us being kinky was working with us a salesperson and then he had to drop us because he was like i just i wouldn't want that in my neighborhood so, one, so you have all the factors. We don't know what the, the neighborhood is like. You know, most people aren't really educated on kink being not insane right. and awful. But the thing that is special to our dungeon, it's a man's home.
0: Yes, and that was the other part I wanted to
1: get it's to. It's that it was a home. I mean, outing your local dungeon is a shit thing to do exposing someone who lives in a home is a deplorable thing to do yes and for this i want to bring you in Hagen, because
0: that is what were your feelings when you you saw that um because it did have the address on it and that is your home you know that is your space where you you know you live
1: sleeps there. This yeah. is the most vulnerable thing a human does.
0: Um,
3: there are a lot of feelings. Um, I fear, obviously. Uh, uncertainty. Uh, not just about it being my home, but you don't have to go very far from that address to who I really am. Um, it's one degree away from ruining my fucking life. Right. Um, That said, going home every night, uh, and the first night we found out about it, we we discussed, do you want to go home? Um, Yeah. and, uh, And that night, I put on my brave face and said, I think we should just act like nothing's happened and just carry on. The next night, uh, When a small group of us gathered at the house not to have a play party, but to be there in case something happened at our home. She looked at me at four o'clock in the morning when she was leaving and said, do you want to stay here or do you want to come home with us? Um, It was four o'clock in the morning. I really just wanted to go to bed. But I didn't want to go to bed by myself. Right. In the place that I've been sleeping. For five years um, because you, you don't know um,
0: it is a violation and it's I it's I part of the, the the reason that I wanted to talk to you about that is these are people's lives that, that, that whoever this was, was playing with you have no idea what damage you could have caused
2: in doing this. Absolutely, I mean we're just months after a mob of people believing absolute insane insane lies stormed the United States Capitol. Right. It takes one kook to believe lies and nonsense in a letter that they received, who are mad about something else or whatever it is, to decide to do something.
1: Well, if you're, I'm sorry, if you're a QAnon person, you're worried about um, pedophiles and trafficking and minors and sex offenders and all that shit. Someone just told you where they they are are in your real life neighborhood. And if you've got a bug up your ass, I can't take it anymore. I've got to do something. Right on the corner. Yeah. And it's.
0: When I found out about it was after it, it happened, everything had kind of calmed down. My heart broke for, you know, like it was kind of realization, a level of realizations. Oh my God, this space, you know, this space is violated. And then I was on my way home and I was like, that that's someone's home. You know, that's someone's, you know, that is someone's safe space even more so than it's my safe space. space, you know? It is like, how dare someone, about five years ago, this house got broken into twice in a week. And I remember the feelings that I had feeling that violation. And that was just, you know, kids doing stupid kid shit. I couldn't imagine the feeling of someone has put out into the universe these lies and pointed, essentially took a gun and pointed it at your back for you know, whatever reason that that reason could be. It doesn't, it, it still doesn't make sense to me. You know, because I've been mad. You know what I mean? I've been pissed off at people, but I have never been so angry as to point an angry mob, potentially point an angry mob at them. And, you know, I, again, you guys handled it with far more grace than I could have.
1: You have to know that we have been attacked many times over the way we live our lives. That may be part of why we handled it with more grace. We have survived a lot in order to do this.
0: You know, because I had my situation that happened early on and I didn't handle it well. Um, I don't know, I handled it, I didn't handle it at all. You know, let's keep me real. I didn't handle it at all. But, you know, even then, that situation is super small potatoes. You know what I mean? Like it's that's a blip in the in the universe compared to what this is and what it could have been and and what it means for the community, like.
1: Sure. Um, that's why it's two different things. One, it's you fucking put a human being in very a good chance of danger.
3: Rape right, in a bullseye right there on the front door. Yeah. I mean, for for five years, I've never worried about locking the door even. I, there have been nights I wake up, I go down and go to work, and the door's unlocked, and I think,
1: oh, why 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 the why the why door I unlocked? forgot to lock.
3: I can't do that anymore. I, I, if I'm not sure, and I've got a little OCD to begin with, but if I'm not sure the door's locked, I will go all the way downstairs and double-check it and make sure. Um, the other thing that, that you know, I, I walk in and out of that place every day. I drive in and out of the neighborhood every day. I never thought twice about it. I would wave to the neighbors for five years. We we work very hard to keep a low profile and to keep relationships good with the neighbors. Now, I don't get the friendly waves back from some of them. I get a lot of looks when people drive by. Um, The other thing is that it's not just my home, but she runs – she's got her life coaching office in the basement. She goes there yeah, we by, forget that. That's by my herself right, in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. We've got a we've got a doorbell camera that I'd never checked for four years because I didn't have to. And forgive me, I know. But it we sounds, should
1: probably. I keep meaning to just turn it off so I, that you I, cannot. I know, <laughs> it,
3: I know it sounds creepy, but now I know the minute she gets there and who's coming in, um, because I. And I know what am I gonna do if
1: I see something,
3: but
1: I think I, it's I, it is. I a... think it's paying off the anxiety though, so I think maybe shutting it off would be good for you. Yeah. It didn't catch a goddamn thing it needed to.
3: <laughs> well, 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 because that's the other thing is they skipped.
1: Well, right. So we know that the person who distributed this letter is from our community. Right. They knew things that you could only know had you been inside our fucking home. They knew where to go to avoid the letter, to avoid being seen on our cameras, so certain neighbors within view of that camera did not get a letter. It is very, it was actually sloppy, but also thoughtful.
0: Very very thought
1: out, Hitchat. Yes.
0: Which again says that that's somebody who either knew the layout of the building or knew someone who knew the layout of the building.
1: A neighbor doesn't know how to spell Mistress Elliot. Right. I don't spell it normal. The spelling was perfect. You know, there was just things capitalized in a way that we only capitalize in BDSM culture. It just, it was, I mean, I was one read through before I knew this had nothing, nothing to do with, with the the concerned neighbor. Also, the concerned neighbor said, we need to work together to get rid of this thing. But it gave absolutely no identifying information as who, 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 wrote concern, it. So who the concerned neighbor was. to work with? It was that was clearly horseshit. Right, and it's
0: to, to go back to the, the, the camera point. After our house got got robbed twice, we put cameras up, and I checked them. Literally, a squirrel could go past, and I was like you know and i finally had to take it off of my like take that app off of my phone because every time it would beep i my anxiety would spike cuz it's oh my god this is a thing so that is a that's a really good point on that um i think the the we're getting to like an hour Oh, it gets close to like hour 15. Um, and I know that you guys have other things that you want to do, but I do have to ask uh, this. What's next? Like what's. <laughs> actually, before we go there, there is actually something else I wanted to talk about because, because what I say that you handled it with grace, that letter that was put on put on fat life. For those of you who don't know, FetLife is a kinky fetish website. It's you know, Facebook look it up. It's Facebook for, for kinky, kinky people. people. Um, a, It was a gut punch, you know, because it, it crystallized everything that everyone who knew the situation thought, uh, all of the kind of the words that were, Going through our heads and see hearing it come from you guys, um. And, and and not be not sound defeated, and I think that's the thing. It was it wasn't, you know, it wasn't poor pitiful us, you know. It wasn't be, oh my god, we've been we've been attacked and we've been. It was this is the thing that happened. It sucked. You know, the person who did this, you knows who they are. And here's what we're doing to move forward. And I thought that was so beautiful. Um, Hence why my response was was later on was, what do we do as patrons to make sure that we're supporting them? Um, Because it's, it's, It's one thing to have a million letters of support that say, oh, this is great. You know, this is I'm so sorry this happened to you. These people are douchebags and blah, blah, blah. But if you said that and then you turned around and went back to doing the same shit you were doing beforehand, then your words don't mean anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it it should have there is you have to have an action behind those words of, oh, my God, I'm so sorry this happened to you okay
1: and that's going to that will pan out slowly you know for the first couple of days when the letter went out our okay our post went up let's not call it our post went up there were thousands of people who were like oh my god i'm so sorry that Mm -hmm. sucks i can't believe this happened that shouldn't happen to you that shouldn't happen here all of which we agree with but then a couple days after that um i was in a A chat group that we have and everyone was still kind of talking about it but they were like yeah I mean like you know maybe we know who did it and everyone was just like yeah but it's just too bad there's nothing to be done about it yeah that sucks nope nothing we can do that attitude I don't that that made me feel very sad and defeated but the truth is It's not that there is nothing we can do about it. It's just what we do with it is different than what the initial reaction, which is everyone's saying they can't do anything about it because you're not allowed to shoot people. Right. Right. (laughs) Doesn't mean there isn't action that you can take. It's just that uh, it's revenge is useless here.
0: No, you're. The best for is
1: to make sure you win. And
0: that is my, that's where I was coming from. What are we going to do to help the Mm -hmm. black dog? You know, now we, we, we see this as a problem. We see this as something that now needs to be fixed. What can we do as a community to A, make sure that this does not happen again and that the people that this happened to feel safe, feel supported, in this community, because they have done a lot to further other people's relationships and experiences in this community, and the the idea of oh that sucks, you know, sorry, there's nothing we can do about it, makes me like, I almost like I almost was like, you know what, gotta find them a new place, let's put up a GoFundMe, you know what I mean? Like let's mm-hmm. do that, let's. And it, But it was like, I don't want to, and not making it about me, but I don't want to step on you guys' toes and be like, you know, I'm going to go and do this thing that may be a good idea in my head or in theory, but could cause more issues on the back end.
1: But I think that we forget that, too, because we're thinking, like, God damn it, nobody did anything, you know? Yeah. It really right. is just us in this world, and all the shit that we've done is just... We have to think of it as being having done just for us because you know, people jump ship as soon as it gets hard. But I, I do think that we forget there's an element of people look at us as leaders mm-hmm. and they don't want to um, take that a- away from us or they're scared. Right. Right. You know I hear it all the time. People are scared of me, which is always the weirdest thing to me. Mm-hmm. But you don't, I guess, pe- maybe people don't want to, jump in and do a thing without us because they're afraid it's the wrong thing
3: right yeah yeah, yeah that if, 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 if this if this was a good idea surely we would have thought of it right well,
2: that's, well, that's well,
1: a heavy
3: and at the end of the day i mean if somebody hates you
2: enough to do something like this you're not going to change their mind right they're still going to hate you um it would be great if people are aware of who it is that they would communicate to this person that yo that was horrible you don't do that shit.
0: I don't even think it should go as far as the slap on the wrist that was horrible, you don't do that shit. You don't need to be in this community. Sure, because agree. you cannot be trusted with sensitive information. Many yeah.
1: communities <clears throat> would have put this person out long ago. Yeah. Why? And because the circle is larger than it's ever been before. Even in small cities like Kansas City, No longer do we all sit around the same table. You have groups here and there. In our community, our smaller community, nobody would, I wouldn't foster that kind of hate anywhere near me or in any of my people or my building. But people are very hurt and damaged out there right now more than ever. And there is a place for them too. And so when you put a bunch of hurt, damaged people who believe life has treated them unfairly over there, and you look like you're doing okay, they hate you. And you're not going to change their mind. And I can't call over there and be like, hey, can you ask this person to get out? Right. No. Plus, you have like, you know, unless there's I don't even know what kind of evidence would work. You know, when people take a side, they take a side. Jesus Christ. Look at politics right now. Right. <laughs> Facts do not matter. If this was a united community, we would not tolerate that, or right. we would all be that ugly. One of the two. Well, I think that if, if even
0: if we even with the community being as divided as it is, if there was a level of common
1: decency, there used to be. And there used to be integrity had a fucking place. It did, and the people who, who who worked so hard to make this community exist had various levels of integrity. Right now, that's not the climate we're in, not culturally, socially, politically. There are, the manners are gone part of it, this is just about good etiquette. You just don't do that. Bring back manners.
0: <laughs> Make manners great again.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm the head of the campaign.
2: Um, and so, so when somebody does something to you like this, yeah, it sucks. There's a lot of hard feelings, a lot of hurt feelings. You absolutely want vengeance and revenge. I mean, that's just human nature. But to respond that way isn't going to gonna win it's not gonna really gain you anything. And if you look at the bigger picture, whoever this person is who did this is hurting and they're damaged and we're smart and strong enough people to have some sense of empathy toward this person, even if we don't like them.
1: We hate and we, what they did.
2: Yeah, they did. but... Go ahead. Yeah, I, I understand. It, <laughs> We're not going to win by, by preaching vengeance or anything else. The way that we win is to hold our heads high and keep moving forward, doing what we choose to do and doing things the way we choose to do
3: them. Yeah. Well, well,
1: and keep it, fostering an environment that is opposite of that.
3: Right. And, it, and at the end of the day, revenge doesn't undo.
0: Yeah, it doesn't unring the bell. Uh,
3: no. I mean, no. we, it, it, there, There's nothing that this person can do or that we can... Do in response that is going to change the fact that we live in the scarlet A frame. I just wanted to get
0: that one. The scarlet (laughs) A frame. That's amazing. Um, Okay, so now let's go into what's next. Um, You know, I'm, I'm sure there are things that are on the pot bubbling that we can't, that you don't want to discuss now, but is the dog going away?
1: Currently napping. Okay. Uh, It has not been a community secret for well, it hasn't been a secret. We have been interested in moving out of the neighborhood for a long time. We've been looking for another space for several years. We're just very picky, and the market is very it's bad, and it has been hard to find anything. So we're still going to do exactly what we were going to do move. Okay. I can't say when that's going to happen yet.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, or exactly what shape it'll take. Right. Yeah. Cause our parameters have changed dramatically in the last six weeks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and a lot of people, even to your, some of your listeners who I think are probably generally more open-minded than a lot of other people who out there, a lot of your listeners may be thinking, well, what the, f- what the hell did they think? You keep, you shouldn't be doing that stuff in a neighborhood with families and kids. And, you know, there's, that's a commonly held mm-hmm. We got it on FetLife. a yeah. lot of like, well, what the hell did you expect? You run a dungeon, that's what comes with the territory. So we're supposed to expect that people Someone in hate the us and want to kill us. Yeah. yeah. But then I talked to youngsters and they've never heard of Matthew Shepard. So they have this dream idea that all their sexualities are safe because i die I fall up over and die when i met, yeah i know, just shepherd to a group of people and, and they don't know who state. they are
0: oh my who he is oh my god like that's like that is part of the the history of not just lgbt rights but rights of all, any marginalized group of people where as as people things get better you know we lose what got them? What got us to the better place? Mm-hmm. And I will argue when it comes to LGBT rights that we're not actually better. We're just more. It's just it's we've been more whitewashed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we've we've lost what made the magic of the Act Up era and and the the, the houses in the seventies with the black and brown community and Stonewall. Stonewall wouldn't happen now. Yeah. You know. No way. It's it's. So what? The teeth of the community, or of, of the LGBT community, has been taken out, you know, for this dream of, you know, let's get married and have two point five kids and blah blah blah. But that's a soapbox I will get on another day. Mm-hmm. But I think the same thing has a tendency can, can happen in the in the Kink community.
1: Oh, that's definitely what happened with. It just it doesn't require hard work to get there. So. There isn't a hard, a lot of hard work being done.
0: And, and I think that that's that's a this situation. And, and my my final thought on this is this is this situation is a symptom of that culture of you know because regardless of whether or not you enjoyed, I remember going to gay bars in the the, the late nineties. And even then, there was still that level of secrecy, you know, and there were bars that I was like, I I hate going to that bar. It's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. You know. But if it got raided by the cops, you know, everybody knew and there was a concerted effort to make sure that those doors stayed open, even though we didn't want to go there because it because. The, the space itself matters. Those
1: spaces yeah. need to exist. Right. And when I preach to new people all the time and they don't listen to me is like, I just should write a book. We are not safe. Right. Stop saying that. Stop thinking that. It's a fucking fantasy and it's going to get you killed.
0: And on that note.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I one thing that we do here uh, on to, to levy the moment again one thing that we do here on uh, actually no it doesn't it's gonna be the same just sorry uh, one thing we do here on kc caffeine to end every show is we play uh, black card revoked uh it is i they're not paying for this i just love this game so much it's fun um this question is it is a discussion question so we can all just whatever your thoughts are uh, it says, "What is hurting the community most?" And I think I'm going to put this into both the Black community, although everyone here is white. Feel free to let, make apologize. your thoughts. We <laughs>
1: apologize.
0: Um, what's hurting the the community the worst? Reality shows, police violence, Republicans, or no idea? Uh, I think all of us have had plenty of discussions about, you know, racial injustice and all of those things. Um, I think that what's hurting the community the worst uh, would be police violence because it's literally killing us, um, literally. <laughs> and every, you know, the ones we hear about are at least once, it feels like once a week, there's a new name to add to that list. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but how many people commit suicide in a day in America? Oof. Far more. What is hurting us? Maybe. We don't want to play the game of just who dies more.
0: No, not at all. Um, but I think this, this this question is in in reference to the Black community specifically. Sure. Uh, but that is a really good. That's a good. The question I think in that point is what. I, I, I want to say that's kind of apples to oranges, uh, because there is mental health. The, the, suicide is a mental health issue, um, in my opinion. That is someone who has lost hope, and regardless of whether that's a chemical imbalance or, you know, they're they 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 feel like there is no one in their corner, you know, because someone talking about suicide and someone committing suicide are it's different.
1: So, so think macro. Show me a community that has.
0: the white man <laughs> <laughs> they always have hope. Well, I don't even then so. no
1: if you ask them that they, they don't think so whether or not you think they should that's different that's, that's why they're from the capital yeah they're feeling that they believe they're the most unempowered they've ever been so i'm talking about that sort of the health of society in general not just their mental health oh it's it's bad and if i have to pick off that card reality shows what
0: reality shows police violence republicans or no idea
1: (laughs) like i don't know what's
0: the problem i'm going republican well of course
1: but but that's because there is they're a symptom of an unhappy people we choose hate it's the easiest emotion to access what's making us so angry is the option that's not on that car right well, I think that was... I mean, I would pick social media if we just had to pick. It's since the invention of the smartphone that we have started to fight in a way that we never bickered in our. I think part of that is
0: because now with the invention of social media, it's it's a twofold problem. One, you get to c- connect with people from all over the world, and you know have like-minded find like-minded people who think like you, and you know can you know reconnect with old friends and make new friends and it's beautiful and wonderful but also you can find people who are like-minded and think like you mm-hmm. and everybody has a voice you know everybody has their the, you know this ability to get up on this billy pulpit and talk whatever garbage without they say. without any effort yes
1: like what's always been required if you wanted to be a dissenting voice whatever, you used to have to get off your ass, Mm -hmm. put yourself, your real life self, out there face to face with others. That, I think, is part of what helped keep it in check. Yeah. And it is, we have absolutely no accountability. You can do and say whatever, Mm -hmm. and then we believe, oh, but we're connecting, but it's an artificial connection. Maybe what the E on that needs to be alienation. yes. Because
0: for a world that is so connected, we are more alienated than ever. We've
1: never been more alone. We've never lacked a tribe more than we do right now. And I think that's, the, we've been sold a bill of goods.
0: Ooh, you know, that's my favorite thing to say. <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> thing to say. Um, yeah, I agree. You guys have any thoughts on this?
2: Like I said, I, I, would, I blame Republicans for everything. I mean, that's
0: what, <laughs> yeah. I,
2: I, wanna I, get, you want to address police violence. Um, Who's standing in the way of that more than anybody else? You, want to, address, you yeah. want to address social media and find some reforms on that look who's probably standing But look in the at way.
1: alienation. Also yeah, if sure. your communities weren't all alienated from each other, if if people weren't alienated within their own communities from each other, there would be less yeah. police violence. Yeah. I mean it's just if police
0: if police lived in the neighborhoods yeah, that they, yeah. they, they policed, then there would be less. Because there's a difference between shooting, you know, And one, you know, the the dude who's walking down with his hands up and shooting Bill or shooting Hakeem or shooting Jamal because you know them and they are someone who is in your neighborhood and you have to see their mother every day. Right, like that's
1: Sarah's boy. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: and then also the way that they, to flip that on its head, you know, Jamal recognized, oh, that's Officer Wilson. (laughs) all right, hold on, let me, you know, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, your interactions are different. So, and I get that, like, police are like, well, this is by, you know, I want to be able to live where I want to live. Cool, then join that police force. You know? Again, there we are back. It's the
1: convenient level. I mm-hmm. want what I want. Nobody says no
0: anymore. Um, I'm going to bring up one more topic thing because I have to, Uh, before we close this out. Um, So yesterday I went and saw Pippin uh, and it kind of connects to what this is, and uh, I'm a I'm I'm a musical nerd like it's my thing. Uh, and Pippin is not normally one of my not one of my favorite shows because it's weird. It's like two different musicals at once. I know you're looking at me like I don't fucking know anything about this. Um, Which is fine. Yeah, it is. Uh, but the Woodstock High School put it on uh, for their theater director's final performance, and uh, the first half of this show is very political. Um, it takes place in this, uh, like in the actual show itself, it's you know in the middle of revolution, and there are these things happening. Well, what she did was she put it in Kansas City, set it in Kansas City, in the middle of the Black Lives Matter protests, and so and had this. There was a scene. Where like towards the end, there's a I don't remember the name of the song, but the 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 only the lead character and the only black person on the stage was this this was the the main character Pippin. Everyone else was white because it's Winnetonka High School, um, and it wasn't it was just by this it wasn't by design. That's just kind of how it shook out. Wow. Um. And at the, this point, he is wearing this like just like a t-shirt and sweatpants and on the t-shirt are all of the names of the people who have been killed by police mm-hmm. um like going down the shirt and the sweatpants mm-hmm. and what struck me is a there are so many names mm-hmm. um and then on the projector in the background were the these the pictures of all of these people as he's singing the song and it was you have to sing. God, it did. He he broke the last note, and I was talking to my partner about it, and because I was like, that was the part that got me. Like it hit me in my chest, and he was like, that wasn't scripted. He actually broke down because it was. His, it was that last show that they were doing, and like all of this, he's like, all the emotions just hit him, and he was supposed to hit that last note, and he choked and hit the mm-hmm. ground. And it was like, whoa, you know. And I wanted to bring that up because it's one of those things where, you know, we need, art sometimes can tell stories better than we can. And for people who were able to see that and witness it, it was like, okay. Like so many people, you know, you're in Midwest, you know, North Kansas City, the expectation that I thought, I was like, they're not going to be cool with this because this is, you know, very BLM. Mm -hmm. But everybody, when they were leaving, was like, I have to process what I just watched because it was that powerful. The power of a
1: shared experience. One, that's why live performance is an amazing thing and it should never go away. It's not the same no matter how big your television set is. Right. Live performance, and that's a pretty big one. A live performance, and then everybody sharing that. They're not different when we're just people. Right. We respond to people's pain if we are there. And it was,
0: it was a, like I happened to look down the road because we were socially distanced and all of that stuff. I looked down the road, and there was, normally, when you say there's not a dry eye in the house, It literally was like tears. And this was from, and I was like, this is from a high school performance. That's
1: where I get off on things. I get off on that. Watching all the people tear at once. Like that. With
2: with something like that, like that, the BLM issue or any issue, when you can cut through the politics of it and get to the actual raw emotions of that subject and get people to connect on it. I mean, that's what happened with gay marriage. People suddenly realized, Oh, I know this guy. He's my friend. He ought to be able to love whoever he wants to. And as soon as it hit people on that level, then the politics of it didn't matter. And the politics of it fade away. So if there's a way anyways to with BLM or whatever it is to cut through the politics of it, where we disagree and we get caught up in our disagreements and instead just see
0: the humanity, the humanity of it, yeah, it was. So I wanted to uh, give a congratulations to Sherry Kaufman uh, for directing that. It was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Um, so we've reached the end of our show. And uh, yeah, guys, that was a lot. And I hope, thank yeah, you.
1: you. sure? You know, I don't even know where we are anymore. <laughs> thank you
0: for, for coming out and bearing your, yourselves. And you know, Elliot, thank you you know, we will be doing Sex and Shade. Sex and Shade is coming back. Now that it is warm and my car is working <laughs> the way that it should, we are going to make this work again. Uh, so Absolutely. there's... Absolutely. Uh, Hagen, thank you so much for for your honesty and your rawness. Um, that was amazing. And I thank you and I cherish you as a friend. Um, Anders, you as well. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to have both of you guys back on again for other topics that don't have anything to do with this because it's I, I, hey, I think you guys are some of the smartest people that I know. So I know, I know right? Well, yeah. you know, you have to remember like this guy's... Everyone a pon- loves Anders. Everyone does love Anders. Um, <laughs> but for all of you, um, don't forget to like us on anywhere you can stalk your ex. So we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Twitter. That's uh, KC Caffeine on all of those. If you can't find us, the search bar works just fine. Um, if you want to give to us, uh, so that we can, you know, make more episodes and do more stuff, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash KC Caffeine. Um, that is uh, for for all of those. If you want to send us emails to tell us how much we you love us, or even how terribly we are. That's fine too. You can email us at kccaffeine at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to get the next episode of Sex and Shade when it comes out in 2025, that's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, make sure you look at. It's exclusive. That's, that's You know what? It's, it is. It's make exclusive. It right. uh, make sure you follow us on all of the things as well. We Sex and Shade Pod at gmail.com. Section Shade Um Pod, Structure Shade, Section Shade Pod on Instagram. Uh, if you want to get all the podcast stuff, remember to join the Kansas City Pod Alternative Podcast Coalition. That is KCAPC uh, or kansaspod.com. That's all the notes that I have for y'all today. Thank you for listening and stay woke, folk.